Hello, hello, Alex Soman. Welcome to Ozone Career Podcast. And yes, that was another in- introduction, which I totally did not butcher, but you know, let's move on. Welcome, everyone, to episode 143rd of Career Podcast. Our today's guest is Mr. Christian Grajewski. Again, I butchered another thing. Let's move on. He's a vehicle and industrial designer with eight years of experience working for you know famous companies such as Volkswagen, Audi, Lamborghini, Porsche, Bentley, Bugatti, and so on from Hanover, Germany. Now, with that quick introduction out of the way, I just need to you know quickly mention something as well. In the description below, I put the, his Instagram, art session, Twitter, and his personal website and portfolio as well. So you can go check his works in you know high resolution and detail if you want. Uh, because it, when it comes to like you know industrial designs and things like this, it's not just you know some concept arts that you can just see as a thumbnail. Even it's you can enjoy like the intricacies of it when you zoom in in like high definition, and that's something I like suggest everyone to go check it out. <laughs> and yeah, well, let's move into the first question, you know, which I ask everyone, and I always get some you know very interesting answers. Um, give us a little introduction on how we got into the worlds of, you know, visual arts and design and just want to decide that you want to become creative in your life. Okay, yeah, that, that's that's a very good one. And yeah, this uh, might take a bit because this wasn't uh, a, my usual journey. And yeah, again, also, um, thank you very much, uh, Ramtin, for the uh, uh, invitation to your podcast. Really appreciate that. And yeah. So how did I start? I mean, I think the, what I had in common was that I was drawing a lot as a child. Um, but um, this was nothing creative, basically. I was just always copying some stuff or so. And I had this passion. But um, And yeah, I never made anything out of this. Um, basically, then I, um, I left school after 10th grade with end of 16. And I hated school, I have to say. Um, and my teachers actually said, yeah, with your drawing, you can't, the only thing you can do is actually be a um, technical drawer. So uh, just drawing uh, machines or so, whatever. So I did something completely different. Then I uh, started an apprenticeship as a mechanic uh, metal worker. So for, and this is uh, in Germany, we have this um, system that you can three and a half years you do a uh, school and on the job at the same time in a company. So I was basically building uh, from begin of 17, uh, three and a half years, uh, aluminum boats. So aluminum welding and also stainless steel welding, drilling, and all this what makes you really dirty. And yeah, so had nothing to do with creativity at all. <laughs> so and um, after I finished that, I, you had to decide in Germany where you could, you could still choose between the military service or your um, uh, mandatory or civil service. And I uh, chose the second one. Um, and I actually applied for a position in an elderly home. So where I was basically kind of an uh, entertainer, uh, uh, the housekeeper. So I was basically playing games with them uh, just, just do you say go for a walk or just go go with them outside because um, the relatives basically rarely um, visit the people visited the people and I was also just uh, responsible for just uh, mowing the grass and everything so it was a really great time and at that time I actually 
um, thought about my life and thought, okay, what is there maybe something? This was beginning of 2000. Um, what I could do with my drawing abilities because my best friend Toby always said, yeah, try to do something with that. Or do you really want to stay your whole life um, the in the metal work as a metal worker? And I, yes, yeah, so I looked at myself and I said, no, I don't want to do that. And so I actually um, thought about and I looked up, I found a school in Hanover where I could a higher degree. And after that higher degree, after one year, I could study uh, so, and I also tried to get a job or just looked for positions in uh, advertisement agencies, but I, I didn't apply. I just had a look and I had some calls with people, but that's it. And yeah, and I have to say, I had no idea what design was, honestly. I just loved movies, but I I never thought about who is actually doing those movies or who is designing or who is designing cars. It wasn't for me like uh, electricity comes from a plug or you're a mobile phone just works, but you never think about how it works, actually. So this was me, uh, 21 or 20, 21 and a half. So I applied to that school, and I actually had to apply with a portfolio, and I just sent my um, some portraits of my friends and family, what I did, some um, Mickey Mouse uh, copied drawings, some uh, drawings from... from um, from Marvel's uh, Spider-Man or Hulk, what, what I did, um, I just thought, but I just took, took a photograph, a really crappy one, and put them in on some other stuff, and yeah, but I, I got I got the place for uh, this one year, and this was actually the the first year, the first time I actually met like-minded people or, or who had the same passion like me, and then I thought, okay, well, there are really a lot of people uh, who have the same passion but i was always in, in my circle of friends and there was no one who actually loved to draw and this was actually also then and this year the first time i actually heard about design what design actually is and yeah i met two people there who were so good in drawing this was incredible i was oh fuck they're so good i wish i could just get a little bit <laughs> good as them but yeah, no, really cool guys. And yeah, and during that year, like I said, I got in, I got to know and I learned to draw actually. We had a really good, uh, really uh, tough teacher, but he was um, actually pretty good, I have to say. So, and then I decided with some friends to study product design without actually really knowing what product design is really. So, so but I thought, okay, this sounds good. They do it, I do it as well. Okay, I applied with them at uh, at the university, or it's what's, it's no, it's not university. It is uh, it's it's college. I don't know. It's you study, but it's there's a difference in Germany between university and this because I didn't have the, my really higher degree. So I just applied there. I got the place, and yeah, during that time, so I was um, yeah, and then I met. Other people who were great in design thinking, drawing, and everything. And I just, yeah, started and I really, really enjoyed it, I have to say. And in the in my third semester, then, I uh, a friend of mine, Jan, brought me the Art of Star Wars uh, uh, episode one, the art book, where just, uh, just the normal pencil sketches and marker sketches in, and I just, oh, fuck, fell in love love with it and my drawing teacher 
he showed us also the the work of Sid Mead. I got introduced then, and yeah, this was just mind blowing to see those things. And then I, the first time in my life, I realized, oh, hey, wait, really, that there are people making this movie, those kind of movies, and they are designing for the, for movies. Yes, that sounds pretty stupid, but it was like that. So I, what can I do? So and yeah, during my product design, I just I actually started. L- learning on my own after study on my weekends when I was I was done with my product design stuff I just started doing concept art stuff on my own and then also yeah the Norman school came the design studio press came Daniel Simon's book came out at that time this was 2007-2008 all of those things and me and some friends were just blown away and we tried to get as much input besides our product design study as, as we could. At the same time, I decided um, due to another friend, Christoph, um, to go the transportation design route and not following the product design route. Um, because honestly, I thought, okay, it's to design a car or interior is, is for, was for me the... the, the, the the most exciting and most difficult thing you can actually do and compare because you're designing interiors or exteriors, there's, there are so many pro- products in itself that it's just the, the most interesting for me. So I really pushed for that um, with some other friends during my study. And yeah, I still had the love for concept art and design. I did that on my side. So, and then I, um, um, was time for an internship and I applied the first time I applied actually I didn't get any spot so because my portfolio was too bad so I had to redo my portfolio <laughs> so this this is, was a wake-up call because uh, when you think you're good uh, you're never really good still uh, still today I think I'm not really good and I think it's better to think that than to think that you are actually really good because then you'd stop improving yourself I think that's a really good uh, habit to have in my opinion um, yeah I didn't get the first time so I improved my portfolio and sent it out the second time and the second time after this was a, a half a year later I I got got a spot in Potsdam for the Volkswagen Design Center in Potsdam and at, as an interior designer and this was the place where also Daniel Simon used to work but he left before I went there um, he went to do had to do his Cosmic Motors book, and in Potsdam was this a great thing because under the roof we were cons- it's called uh, the 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 whole brand. We had to design interiors or exteriors for the exterior designers for the whole brand of VW, and that's why I had the the opportunity to design for Audi, uh, Bentley, Porsche, Bugatti, and all those brands. This was and this was super super exciting because you were not just doing Volkswagen things. You just yeah, it was just the also the um, amount on different design strategies or ideas and f- shape languages I got to see and to work on was just incredible, and I really um, learned a lot there during that. Even in my internship, I had the the opportunity to work on the uh, Lamborghini on a Lamborghini production car with and helping out uh, with my friend Nobby at that time my um, my mentor 
And yeah, this was just great. And the good thing was, I have to say, is um, that I knew uh, already alias and 3D modeling back then when I started. Because in Hanover, we, we learned um, Autodesk alias pretty early. And I just fell in love with the uh, CAD modeling. This is really important because this is a, a green line or red line, whatever you want to call it, which is going through my whole career or career, whatever. Um, and so I, because I, the good thing was I was already able to build proper CAD data from my designs in my internship. And I already always tried to improve that. And this was at that time, there weren't actually so many designers who were actually able to do that. Um, and they were actually coming. And the good thing was, even there weren't so much in my interior department, there were actually a couple uh, who also uh, worked with areas and designing, building their own things, because it just speeds up the process. If, if, um, if you don't work, if you just work on a sketch, it's a sketch. But if you are able actually to build it on your own in 3D, you're already um, helping out the uh, 3D designers a lot because you are getting clear in your head what you're actually doing and not just trying out with someone else and look for failures. Or... So, but anyway, <laughs> sorry for that uh, little break there. Um, no, but then I got the internship there. I finished it and then I went for my diploma um, to another company uh, called MB Technology. I did my final thesis there and towards the end of my final thesis i got a call from potsdam if i would like to join for a project in the south of europe and yeah there was a back and forth and then then i said yes so i finished my final thesis and one and a half weeks later i started at Ital design and was working uh, with my colleagues former colleagues on the Lamborghini Stocker interior. Then, but I, and I got this job actually because due to my 3D skills, because that, again, I was then the also one of the designers of three and I could just design and building my own things and just send it out to 3D printing or milling parts, whatever. And I did the same also already in my final thesis. So I also improved myself a lot. And this is what I meant. And this was really helpful. And yeah, this was in 2008. And this was almost four months that Italy designed Jaro, but I was hired via Potsdam. And this was an amazing time doing a show car directly out of university. It was yeah, amazing. So, and when I finished there, um, they said, okay, because I wasn't a permanent there. I was just a, you call a work student. I don't know, um, a trainee. It's a trainee, you know, I was hired as a trainee. And I said, yeah, okay, we wanna, we would like to hire you. And this was really in the crisis in 2008. And they said, okay, just prepare a portfolio and we send it and yeah, they were happy. I sent my portfolio and I got a, yeah, permanent contract from the 1st of January in 2009 in Potsdam then and this was this was completely a dream I mean yeah the guy who just was a metal worker then and had no idea of design and then end, ending up in one of the most um, uh, at that time a really famous design studio and basically every transportation design student wanted to be there and yeah so I got a job in the interior department and yeah super super happy about that 
yeah, and then I had a really, really great time. I can't talk about a lot of things there, but I worked on the Milano taxi, um, the, one of the Bentleys, a lot of Audis, but I can't, can't really say which one, so, but it doesn't matter anyway. It uh, doesn't matter. But um, saying all that, I still had my passion for the concept art and concept design, so I actually never stopped uh, sketching uh, because I had a far distance relationship with my uh, girlfriend. And so what did I do when I came home? I was just drawing weird creatures and spaceships for all those years. And I think in 2000, 2015 or so, I just decided uh, it was end of 14, I guess, a mid of 14 to do a sabbatical and to do something with that um, yeah, with all the passion of with everything I had because it just had yeah so many designs and I really wanted to do something with that and that's actually when I decided to do a sabbatical I got that sabbatical the okay for it uh, for the end of 2015 to the end begin 2016 to end of 2016 and that's where I created a lot of stuff and that's when uh, some people found out about me when I actually posted everything online. And yeah, because of that, I'm here. And yeah, <laughs> that's why we are talking, basically. And uh, yeah, there are a couple of other things, but I think you may ask uh, also a couple of questions. <laughs> so I don't know if this uh, answered your question then. <laughs> yeah, it did. And yeah. Uh, well, I mean, assuming you're right now currently like, you know, uh working as a like professionally as a vehicle and industrial designer right now um i was wondering how does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a project like what does the pipeline like the structure of your pipeline look like usually that's um that's completely different to for every client it's very different sometimes you have more time sometimes you have less time um but because I did, yeah, I did almost four years uh, uh, sabbatical, four years now without any payment because I chose to. And I rather would say uh, how my how I approach a project when I do it for myself because I think that's the most constant I have actually. First of all, um, I think of. Um, a thing I want to design, so whatever it is, it's a boat or a car or an airplane, and then you think about the um, the size, um, the what kind of ter terrain it's supposed to to go, um, the speed is it for cruising or what whatever. So you set up those things in mind, and then I actually um, start just doodling a couple of doodles. Or sketches. I, I actually don't do really pretty sketches anymore because I'm faster building my things in 3D than doing actually a couple of really nice sketches from all views to actually see uh, what is, how does it work. So I'm very faster in 3D. But one important thing is um, when I approach my doodles, I always have in mind to create a, a unique silhouette actually so and then that that 
a top view or a side view or something that this really sparks your interest when when you close your eyes a little bit so that you can really see just the outlines i don't care about what's what the details are they they don't matter anyway just in the end they matter but not at the beginning um so this is important and when when i found this that the outline or the, the, the shape i actually just start adding some details inside of the shape but I also always try to keep uh, to stay as simple as possible. Do I always question myself? Okay, do you really need this line? For what is this line? Is it a is it on purpose there, or has it is it just styling, or is it just because I like it? And sometimes it's it's both. Sometimes it's just one. But I really try to reduce the um, the styling part of it just because it looks cool. I really try to stay simple. And yeah, that's extremely um, difficult to do because I'm also questioning myself all the time. Oh, is it too simple? Oh, uh, Missed? Oh, damn. <laughs> and then, yeah, that, that's my struggle. But And then I start actually 3D modeling. I mean, my preferred um, software is Autodesk Alias because I think I started learning Blender now. I, I can model in ZBrush. I can model in Fusion 360. But I always have a little trouble with polygon modeling it's super fast but it's <laughs> the 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 surface tensions and everything how everything comes together and this this is easier and for me to do in AES because i can exactly do what i want and it's not just okay i have a, I have a, a look at here a row here a row here and then okay how does it come together and it's more kind of guessing but you are super fast i, I just in blender now Damn it! This is really, really fast to come up with a design on proportions. Um, yeah, I basically do this, and then for, from the big shape to, to the small details. So I always think, okay, where to get into the car? Into the car, for example, where to get into the car? Uh, what, like I said, the terrain. What is this kind of vehicle? Is it actually driven by humans, or are humans actually just inside, or is it a drone, or is it? I like to uh, do those uh, companions. I always see those vehicles as as friends, in, in a way, as as uh, buddies or like Archer D two or in Star Wars. My my vehicles are supposed to be friendly characters. You you want to actually you have the feeling that they look at you, smile at you, or whatever, and <laughs> you want to hang out with them. So uh, this is also well, actually I think I try to give my designs a a feeling of hope actually a hopeful future I, I, in, instead of doing uh, also I, I really don't like to do those dark renderings where the the world ends whatever I, I really don't like to do those kind of renderings because I think there are enough already <laughs> on the internet I try to go the different way even when when the story sometimes is is kind of dark, but I try to see the hope in it. And yeah, let's say I'm more the Star Trek hopeful, what it used to be, Star Trek guy, than um, the really the world ends, whatever sci-fi dystopian movie. Yeah, and then I do my design, but I always do um, a couple of designs at the same time. So I just do, now I started actually in Blender, I did just one day, one design, next day, next design. And so... And in Alias, the same. In Alias, I had usually three or four designs at the same time. And then I pause them 
and I go back after three weeks or months or two months. Because the good thing is, if your design still looks good or appealing to you, you're in a good way. Because when you, when you just do one design at the same time, you, you lose the focus on it. You don't see certain, certain lines. You don't really see you're missing out a lot of mistakes and errors you are doing in a design and you will do, I do them all the time. Um, and when you pause the design, put it aside, go back after a couple of weeks and start again. And I basically do that all the time. And then to a certain point, pause it, go back, pause it three times or so. And I do the same with my renderings, actually, <laughs> my final renderings. I also do a couple of renderings. Okay, the next renderings. Okay, the next renderings, go back. It is also what I did for my book. I, I think I went five, six, whatever times through all those renderings. I did the layouts. I knew what pictures I, or renderings I had. And then I said, okay, this is the first uh, picture, the first rendering, and then until the last one. Okay, and when I had the last one, you learned actually a lot of new things and skills and you saw different things. And when, when you go back to your first rendering, you see a lot of mistakes. You did actually in the lighting or there's a texture texture mistake or, oh, damn it, I, the, the, my sticker actually mirrored accidentally or whatever. And then you go back and through the whole book or your process again and jump back. But this is a, my private process I like to do. Uh, that's why I think this is th there's a constant in what I always do. Uh, yeah, this is my process. And like I said, on the job, okay, do this. Okay, you do it. Do a sketch. Okay, go through. You have a meeting. Okay, this is good. This is not good. Okay, please change this or don't change anything. Okay, or in a different project. Yeah, okay, just take your time. Just do some sketches, whatever. Th this is so different. This is all that every time it's different. That's why I thought it's better to actually hear about my um, work process. All right. And I'm actually so glad that we kind of share the same like sentiment when it comes to like, you know, fiction in terms of like, you know, those future type of like, you know, science fiction genres where right now, like a lot of the outlook is dystopian. Yeah. And you're kind of looking the other side, the possibility that it could be actually utopian. It could be fun. It could be full of bright brightness and hopefulness. And I kind of have the same uh, like uh, mindset as well. I, like, you know, I also have my own world buildings inside my head, all my stories. And like, you know, I the genre I love, like basically in a, in a couple of sentences, I could say is post-apocalyptic, post-apocalypse, but with a twist. With a twist, <laughs> but that, you know, you see these, like, you know, abandoned ruins and cities, but they're overgrown with lush greenery and, you know, yeah. flowers out of them. Like, imagine, like, a battlefield of, like, you know, for example, a battle, like, let's say, uh, a battle that took place, for example, on Earth, like, 100 years later, which was fought with robots and mechs and airplanes and spaceships. But 300 years from now, that place is turned into like a jungle. There's like flowers yeah. like sprouting outside the, like the heads of the makes or something, you know. And communities have, have arisen now. There's like, you know, waterfalls. There's, you know, beautiful sunsets, you know. I kind of like, like that sort of type of vibe and energy. Like, you yeah. know, the same sort of vibe and energy you get from like, you know, when you see an old castle, like, you know, 2,000 years of old ruins and castle and you see it's yeah. overgrown with, you know, greenery and, you know, moss and grass. You know, I, I love that kind of energy. Yeah, and that's true, I, yeah, very true. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, but even if, if there's a there's a there's a still a history in it, and yes, in the end, everyone survived or it's, it's developed in a different way. But this is still a hopeful, and not just machines are killing everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very true. 
Yeah, and I mean, what you just said with the, the trees are growing over, and this was when I was in Angkor Wat in Cambodia, that the, the, the temple cities, and we drove around there, and it's exactly the same thing. Those old temples are overgrown by the jungle, and this is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just uh, yeah, beauty. Yeah. And, well, now I want to ask you, you know, some about some stuff, uh, just some general stuff, basically. Yep. Um, first thing is, uh, you kind of mentioned something like, you know, before we started recording and I would like you to, you know, we talk about it again, because I think it's going to be interesting for a lot of my, you know, listeners as well, that about your demographics, like you said something interesting that basically on the fourth place, um, of your most, like, you know, people who visit your Instagram profile and, you know, interact with the post are actually from Iran. Yeah. And I don't know if you know it, but. Like, here's the thing. Let me actually tell you something interesting because for anyone who is like from your side of, you know, uh, followers who are listening to this podcast, it might be also interesting to you as well that I'm originally from Iran. I mean, uh, I already told you I'm I'm from Istanbul, but I'm originally from Iran. And, you know, of course, you know, when you're Iranian or German or Canadian or whatever, the algorithm fits you the content creators from your side usually you know like if you follow a bunch of like for example german influencers or pages it's more it's more likely to show you more you know german artists and people and influencers and so on so of course as i as i already followed a lot of like iranian people and artists you know i was like "Hmm, of course there's a lot of iranian artists because like you know i'm iranian and the algorithm is feeding me this stuff but even like, you know, about like 120 episodes ago, like in episode 18 or 19, I had an artist named Rush, Russia Alam. She was a painter from Egypt and she kind of said the same thing as you. <laughs> and I think at the time her page had like 20K followers or something. And she said a lot of a huge chunk of my followers are Iranian. And she asked me, why is it like a common thing in Iran? And I was like, like, I never noticed it. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of artists in Iran, but I kind of never like noticed that. You know, it was it was that strong. Even though like Iran is right now, I mean, I, I don't. I'm I'm not gonna getting too much politics, but I'm just gonna say yeah. it, like it doesn't have that much like you know opportunities for artists you know to grow. Like yeah. we even a lot of us have to rely on our art station that were that were for example were in Istanbul or in Azerbaijan. I'm actually in Istanbul, but I'm not lying. <laughs> um, but the thing is like you know we have to lie you know to place where we live to even get clients sometimes you know the, yeah. a lot of like mega talented artists in uh, Iran and. Yeah, it's one of those uh, weird things. And I would just, another thing I would say is that, you know, since ancient times, Iran was like, you know, the cradle of like, you know, art and culture, kind of like, you know, how Greece was back in the day. Yep. And yeah, especially my hometown, Shiraz, was uh, like the, basically one of the capitals of, you know, culture and, you know, poetry and art and all of that. Uh, like the two famous poets, Sadi and Hafiz. And I think Goethe, do you know, you probably, you, of course, you know, Frederick Goethe, yeah. He yeah, also wrote some stuff about Hafiz as well. He took some inspiration from him. Uh, he's basically a poet from, like, in, I think a thousand or something years ago. Oh, that's so embarrassing. I, 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 that's actually embarrassing. I don't exactly remember how many years ago he lived. But, uh, okay. yeah, that's kind of interesting. But, uh, okay. like, when did you notice that, actually? Like, honestly? Um, a couple of months ago, actually, but... Um... I just had a look in the insights and then I said, okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think 90% of 
the people I'm following, I have no idea where they're from. <laughs> and I, I don't care, honestly. I just follow them because I, I love what the people are actually doing. And so I, I can't even tell you if, if, if there's a, uh, a lot of people I'm following from Iran. I, I don't, I don't know, honestly. It's just, I, I don't care about where someone is from. It's just, it's always, it was interesting actually, because I thought, okay, it's maybe um, America or whatever, but it is, but that's place for it. So it was quite, very interesting. Very interesting. It's cool. Yeah. And <laughs> a couple think, other yeah. things I want to ask you is, general. <laughs> oh, sorry, go on. No, no, it's, it's okay. All right. Sorry. Um, so the couple other things I want to ask you is, you know, some of your, you know, projects you've done. I mean, of course, if uh, I put your our session link in the captions as well, in case anyone wanted to check this stuff as well. But, you know, even I have your R session open right now. And, you know, in the beginning, your works, you know, as you said, you did some concept drafts, like, you know, some creature stuff. And it they really remember, like, you know, remind me of Ben Morrow's works. And when it comes to creatures and stuff, uh, do you know him? Yeah, of course. I know. Of course, I know him. <laughs> and, yeah, did you get any inspiration from him or, you know, even before that, because, uh, um, it's, it might be that I got inspiration from him, but my, actually my main inspiration for the creatures were actually, um, I tried to do, uh, vehicles, uh, without wheels <laughs> and creatures. So that's why my creatures are looking really kind of automotive. Basically, this was my inspiration. Oh, that's actually really, super interesting. To, to really do, um, because there's a huge similarity, actually, when you look at the at the line and tensions of, of a lot of those creatures between my vehicles. <laughs> that's, this was actually my uh, my goal to, to, to do not dark nitty gritty uh, creatures and I'd rather do some beautiful aesthetic uh, creatures like the dinosaurs I mean I'm, I'm I love dinosaurs and they were all there's a beauty to it and I try to just implement uh, automotive design language into my creatures I thought this was actually my inspiration but okay I, I, I knew uh, Ben's Ben's work and then especially uh, when he did uh, with Luc Besson, what was the movie from the comic where he did so much stuff? It was, it has been, yeah, it's been, yeah. But I, yeah, it's a lot. And yeah. And yeah, I knew him also from, I don't know. I mean, everyone saw his work back in the days, honestly. So, and that, that's, the, that's also a good point. Um, I stopped actually. Um, because sometimes you do something and then accidentally you see, oh, wait, did the, wait, this is, looks like something I've seen before. And that's why I actually stopped, um, uh, have a look at inspiration pictures. I don't look at any pictures anymore except the, the pictures I see or the artworks from people I follow, but I don't look on, um, what's the one site, one biggest site, even forgot the name of that. I don't look Art at anything. Uh, no, 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 not Art Station. It's uh, the, the where you can actually collect all your pictures. Please. Pinterest? Yeah, Pinterest, exactly. I don't have any Pinterest, so I don't look at anything anymore, basically. I try to really just um, uh, look at animals, whatever, and try to... And everything I learned, basically, and try to implement that into my designs. There's... 
still there's quite often um, that you think, hey, wait, I, I saw that somewhere because you most of us are doing don't do it on purpose to implement something, but we're doing it sub our subconscious is doing it sometimes. That's why it's very interesting. That's why also sometimes when I'm doing something, I just show it to a couple of friends. Hey, did you saw that somewhere? What can you give me feedback? <laughs> Or is it just because I looked at it for so long that actually my brain thinks uh, it's it was there already before? <laughs> so I also always try to double check that I'm not copying anyone. <laughs> Or stealing an idea, whatever. No, no, no. I didn't mean that when I was like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 I, I know, I know, I know. But I, I thought that this is also quite interesting because a lot of people are asking, where did you, or where do you get your inspiration from? And it's basically, it's, yeah, it's basically the life I lived, everything I did, and the kind of form language I established over the years is actually basically helping me to find my um, my designs. And if, if I have something, I just always look at animals, basically, and try to. That's why I try to get the, those this character, even more a character than cars have. I try to give them more a robotic kind of character or feeling. And that's what I said with, with companion. I uh, maybe you can see that. Maybe you can't, can't. I don't. I just at least I try it. I don't know if this always works, but <laughs> I try. All right. And what about the concept of edubots or edubots? You made like a lot, lot of renders of them. Like, what is the concept behind those? The story oh, this, of them? Uh, this, they were actually meant to be um, some kind of parents for, for the first story I had um, with someone else for, for the book when I did my sabbatical. And they were actually, because they were supposed to raise children uh, 20 years ahead of the arrival from a from a extraterrestrial planet, and I thought, okay, those they they need they need to be robots actually because, and I, and I thought, okay, well, how should they actually look? And I try to um, just let them look a little bit human, but not really human, in a way, and just try to find a a shape I haven't seen at that time before, and yeah, just try to abstract basically the human body to to a certain point and then at at some product design details I like the ring as a head or just this the uh, the long face but yet just try something they were actually just teachers basically that's why it's uh, Volta and Marie Marie Curie and uh, Volta um, Voltaire von Voltaire yeah that's why the both of the names Yeah. All right. And speaking of book, you said you one of some of the characters you were working on a book. I also want to quickly, you know, mention something to also the listeners as well. And I'm going to put the link of it in the captions as well. Like, you know, right now on Amazon, you know, the Explorer, the futuristic VH calls for Uncharted Lands by none not one and only Christian Gradevsky. Sorry. Like, I, I'm so sorry. I can't get the name off. One and only. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, you guys can, you know, definitely check it out. There's also, you know, some, you know, cool concepts in there as well. And, you know, the, another important thing I need to mention, there's only 11 of them in stock left. So you need to order soon if you want to get your hands on one of those bad boys. And, yeah. And yeah. what do you have to, like, you know, what's the story about behind the book and, you know, that whole project? You know, how was it? Yeah, the story behind the book is basically um, a continuation of my sabbatical. Because when I decided to do this sabbatical, 
I had a this idea in mind because I just want I, I couldn't just do a sabbatical and sit there and do something. I, I needed to go. Actually, if this this was super high stupid goal at that time but i thought okay when i'm doing a sabbatical i try to do an art book and try to publish it with design studio press yeah this worked out in the end <laughs> lucky me <laughs> but yeah I, i i needed that goal because i it was just otherwise i wouldn't have focused a lot and if i, if I have a goal i fo i can really focus on it and just go through it and without forgetting uh, while forgetting basically everything else <laughs> which isn't good <laughs> a lot of times no but when i did the sabbatical i i um tried to do uh, certain vehicles with a story and after my sabbatical i had basically i yeah i did um six six you know seven vehicles in my sab uh, sabbatical and all those creatures basically 90%, I just uh, added a couple of new ones now, but the creatures and uh, those edubots and two characters, I did all of that in my sabbatical. I had to also to learn ZBrush and all this uh, UV editing. I had to learn, properly learn uh, Keyshot to actually render render my, my designs. I had no idea. The only thing I knew from work was actually alias and sketching and Photoshop. And yeah, I had to learn a lot of new things uh, to actually being able to do my book. So yeah, this was then working and learning, working and learning basically for one year. And then after that year, I published um, all of that. And I just also uh, I printed a book with 400 pages <laughs> of, of my of my work and just made a video of it. And um actually applied to Design Studio Press, but I didn't get any answer, actually. I didn't get any feedback. Um, so this was then begin of 2017. And I also went back to work in Potsdam. And yeah, nothing happened. I also went back in part-time. I kept on doing my own stuff, my concept art things, because I thought, okay, I don't want to work in full-time anymore. I just want to continue with what I'm really passionate about. And this was actually creating my own universe, creating my own worlds. Because I think after a while, when, when you do, you just have to do the same stuff over and over without, and a lot of times for people without any vision, it's just, oh, it's, it's, it gets boring. And when I came back after my sabbatical, I realized that even more. And, and I was actually able to come up with a lot of ideas if they are good. That's This is in the viewer's perspective. Maybe they're bad. But I really tried to do my own things. And yeah, after a while I um, applied, I thought, okay, how could else how else could I get actually in touch um, with Design Studio Press? And then I thought, okay, I might write Scott Robertson via LinkedIn. And where you have those 300 uh, characters also, I tried to write a really polite uh, contact uh, mail there and yeah i sent him a link to my work and yeah he replied actually one week later and yeah this got things rolling and in the same time i got contacted by the CEO, former ceo of zooks don't know if you heard of zooks they were 
by and they were bought from Amazon, I think a year ago from now. But this was also in 2017. And he wanted me to help or working in his company. And at the beginning, I said no. But after a while, the dramatic change in my life happened. Then I decided actually, okay, I I quit my job in Potsdam. doesn't matter what. I um, just focus on what I love. And then uh, he contacted me again. And yeah, I started basically working in San Francisco for Zooks. And at the same time, Scott Robertson brought me back. And yeah, I got in contact also with the publisher then. And then we said, okay. And I said, yeah, I just got a job in California, in San Francisco. So can maybe we can meet. So yeah, we made an appointment. And when we met when I was there, yeah, and this was then when things got started. And after I got a contract from them, they were um, keen on doing a project with me. Yeah. And I worked four months for Zooks. And when I got back, I worked actually then for one and a half years without any payment, just living on my savings on my book for the next awesome. from February, no, 1st of March, 18 to um, mid-August 2019 without any payment again, just on my savings. And yeah, just focusing on my book, learning new things. Yeah, then I started learning Cinema 4D, I learned Octane, Fusion 360, and yeah, Marvelous Designer. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> yeah, I started also learning all those new things. Um, yeah, to to improve and actually to being able to do what I had in my mind, actually, in the final, for the final book. Yeah. Yeah, this is was was the time, and then I got in August. Uh, I got got another freelance job. I worked there, and later on, after that four months, I came back, and actually I came came back and had a look at my book again. And this what happened? What I told you before? I went through it, and for hmm, yeah, I have to do everything again. <laughs> so another half a year. Um, spent without any any money or basically a year then again or without the money but a half a year until I sent the final uh, data to the publisher yeah and I finished the book then again going through and through again yeah, step by step also the pictures maybe it's interesting also how I approached the pictures I first did actually without any um, any material just basic materials on it no graphics uh, just a, a simple mannequin character there. And then I established uh, actually the shots, the views I wanted to have with how the, the, the framing and everything. And then I went back, did the materials properly like, without any characters, but having the shot in mind, this didn't change anymore. The lighting sometimes changed a bit. And then going through the book again, going back, okay, now I'm adding characters just did some over sketching okay how could the characters be placed uh, where i did some basic characters went through did them again changed something went through and again again until the book was finished and basically i did also the whole layout um basically for 90 95 percent the layouts alone um we had another um um graphics designer on it who, who did the f very final layout 
helped helped us out, and this was actually pretty helpful because I I did everything, but I yeah I'm not a graphics designer, and there's a big difference. Uh, this is a, another profession, and yeah, I'm not claiming that I'm a good graphics designer at all, because this is really something else. Um, yeah, like with every design, um, um, design design. Um, uh, how do you say um, uh, transportation design, product design, uh, con- character artist? That there's you need to be specialized in certain things to really get good, and you cannot get good in everything. This is just, I think, it will take a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have so much time, yeah. yeah, yeah. This was then the book, and then it was went back and forth a little bit, just kind of some changes here and there from from the. Um, how do you call it the, when someone rereads your texts? Um, forgot um, to, 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 uh, grammar and spell and everything. So there were some changes um, done. Yeah, I got, again, a little bit of feedback from my friends. I also have to say I got massive feedback from my friends. I always were asking for, actually, they were supposed to tell me the truth, what, what is bad. I didn't want to hear what, what is good, actually, because this didn't help me out. This, it doesn't help you out to hear what's good. It just helps you out to hear what is bad, actually, to improve your work. And this is also a lot of um, designers, and especially young designers, have to learn. There's no need to hear what's good. You always you just need to hear what is what needs to be improved or what is yeah what is bad actually, and how you can improve. And I I, I just actually uh, picked um, just my uh, friends who were actually very honest, and I always wanted to have the, just the truth actually for everything. And yeah, and yeah, and then. The book went out, got printed. Yeah, Corona, everything happened to, to the world. The, the book got delayed a lot. But yeah, in March, end of March 2021, 20, it it got published. And it started in the US and then in Europe. And I'm actually, I have no idea where you can get it in the world. Can you, can you get it in, in, in Turkey, actually? Well, uh, Amazon, what? Got 11, the book? Can you actually get the book in, in, yes, in Turkey? Yes, you can. Yes, okay. you can. Okay, because I have no idea <laughs> where, you, where you can get it. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a painful, fun, and really um, a lot of learning for me in everything. I mean, it, it wasn't all fun. It, I had also really bad moments where I felt, okay, what, oh man, this this is really really bad. What you're doing, I felt bad, but then okay, you get up and start again, and yeah. So just to know everyone that doing this isn't just fun. It's also something you have to go through dark times or days and then get up again and just bam, do it and try to stay positive. <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. is about my book. So, anything else you're interested concerning the book? or? Um, <laughs> yeah, I so mean... <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. That's actually, you know, what I love about a formative podcast is just free flowing, you know, organic conversations. It's not like, you know, pre, um, pre-organized stuff. And I think, you know, for even the listeners could agree that, you know, sometimes podcasting is much more enjoyable to listen to and absorb information from because you can literally listen to podcasts while doing other stuff. Yeah. And like, basically, here's the thing, like you're, you're right now, like kind of like saying that, like, you know, I'm sorry if I like to talk too much, but no, that's actually fun. That's the f- good actually good, good positive thing about podcasting that you, you should actually go you know 
on tangents. That's actually the fun about it. Yeah. And thank you so it's much, good. by the way, for providing us with all this information. And yes, um, if, it, if it's helpful, then it's good. To, if I talk uh, some shit, then please tell me. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no just <laughs> go on as much as you want. It's fine. Yes, good. And well, um, the next question is, who are your favorite artists and designers that have inspired you the most? Uh, Sidney, yeah, Daniel Simon, Scott Robertson. Um, yeah, those are actually then also a Wayne Barlow. He was also basically a, um, his book Expedition is actually also, it's from the 80s. It was a really actually huge, huge inspiration for doing this kind of extraterrestrial a research explorer thing because he, he did a really fantastic book and he just actually republished the book and and those creatures are just insanely awesome and uh, they're they're looking very different but i really just love the way they're looking and also his other books it's just yeah those are just i think sit meet and daniel simon you can see and and daniel simon basically was a a huge inspiration uh, basically the biggest one because it was like um, seeing all those growing up in Germany in a little town with hundred, a little village with hundred people um, watching movies. This feels like something from Mars. Just this has nothing to do with my world. I'm just here sitting here and consuming things other more worthy people are, are doing. And when I saw that someone from Germany actually, yeah got into Hollywood, did a book. This, actually, I thought, wait, okay, someone from Germany is, can actually do that? And this, that's why he was um, a huge inspiration for me because I felt the first time, okay, I maybe it's, it's, it isn't just as far as the as Mars. Maybe I just have to, you know, <laughs> I just, I have to work harder. And then with the internet, you might you will be able if, if you put in the passion, put put it in. You can do certain things, and yeah, if you get lucky, also, then things. Yeah, so that's why. And and Sid Media, of course. Yeah, what what can you do? <laughs> what can you say? He's just so insane, and yeah, those are the most the influential designers, actually. Yeah. All right. Say. And uh, by the way, uh, how about Ian McQu McQueen? I think that's his name, Ian McQueen or McQueen. He's a. Uh, Ralph McQuarrie. You mean, you say, mean Ralph McQuarrie, the Star Wars designer from the first episodes? Um, hey. Ralph McQuarrie. I even have the book here. Uh, it's Ralph McQuarrie. I think he's a Scottish, <laughs> right? Uh, I would lie. Maybe, maybe Ian McQuarrie. Yes, Ian McQuarrie. Ma Ian McQuarrie. I don't know if. Ralph, Ralph McQuarrie. Ralph McQuarrie is his name. This oh. was from the Star Wars, from the Ralph McQuarrie. Oh, all right. Interesting. Didn't know. I, yeah, I think I mean, you, he... you, mean, you, mean, you mean him, no? The, 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 the concept artist for, for the very first Star Wars, for episode 4, 5, um, and no, 6. No, so? no, I think yeah, I'm, I'm talking about someone else. It's Ian McQuarrie. He's uh, like an illustrator from Edinburgh. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, you mean um, he has always those super awesome uh, spaceships? Or... Yes. Yeah, those, those, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's... I mean, yeah, those were all. <laughs> there was even Ben Morrow, but what, what we talked, he and Feng Shu, of course, as well. I mean, <laughs> Harald Berger. I mean, there were so many 
people and designers out there, but it is just they all were influential. But the the, the ones I when I think of the, were really the the people I just said, and the other ones, of course, as well. I mean, even now when when I look at at other young designers, also even people who are not, I always find find insp uh, inspirational when young artists are starting out and I see see myself in them and see how the, the, the learning curve somehow this is super inspirational for me because I always hope that they get because it, it will be and I hope that they get to a point and then surpass everyone else and getting better and better and I can witness how good they become and this is just fun to watch honestly it's great to see all right and This question I don't ask like you know every guest. You know there are some questions that are specific for you know, um, you know certain guests. Uh, you know depending on you know their their profession, their experience, and you know since you're someone who has a lot of experience working in you know different industries and you know especially industrial and vehicle industry, I want to ask you this: any advice and tips for a good portfolio and resume for someone who wants to break into this industry as a professional? Mm. Don't write too much. <laughs> because no one will read it <laughs> so put your put your effort in 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 the yeah no that, that sounds stupid but i did i did exactly this was also the one mistake i did in my portfolio actually and this was where it's in a time where actually you had to print the portfolio and send it so that wasn't just a pdf so when you do it and you have a text but honestly i in the years i think one percent read what you're writing so just focus on the layout keep it simple um start with a really impressive project and end with a really impressive project this is very important because this was especially important because when you had had it printed you never knew where they because they were flipping through or the other day so It's, it's the first thing you remember and the last thing you remember. So don't put anything that isn't outstanding at the end or at the beginning. Just do something mediocre in the middle and then the rest. This is it's very good to remember because when, when you cl click through, ah, the last two projects, ah, this stays in your in mind. And yeah, also stay simple. Don't overdo it. If you have nice sketches, just rather focus less is more, I think in transportation as well because I, i can't talk for really concept art where you have the paintings but i think in transportation or vehicle design or product design less is more and i always liked per personally when to see um, the progression also what, what was the uh, ideation sketches and then um so three steps for example ideation sketches the the almost finished and then the final uh, things because then you can really see the progress how someone thinks this is very important to not just do and especially also don't put in just height loss sketches i mean where everything is perfect because this is when you have a presentation in a company for example sometimes your really your doodles will be picked because there is more It captures the imagination more of, of your of your bosses actually because if everything is perfect, it's set. There is nothing to interpret it, interpret interpretate. 
on the sketch. And if there is a doodle with some really not, just a couple of lines and just you say, ah, that's, that's interesting. And those people might see something you haven't seen, actually, which sounds strange, but it is actually the way because someone interpret, inter, interprets your sketch uh, differently than you do. So that's also a good point. Don't All hide right. your doodles. Yep. Awesome. And uh, speaking of like, you know, doodles and works and all that stuff, what are you working on right now that you can tell us about? I mean, what kind of project it is? I mean, of course, if there's an NDA involved, we can skip right past this question. But if that's not the case, what are you doing right now? Um, like, like I said, um, a couple, uh, half an hour so um, I started learning Blender because I want to improve actually my, my workflow and the speed, how I can checking proportions and everything. And I started actually now going through all my sketches and I try to do every day um, to actually do a model, but not, not perfectly done, but so I'm happy actually with the proportions and everything. And yeah, I wanted to do this end until end of February and then start again. And so having 20 more or so new designs and basically just, I even now started with a, last week with a sketch 14 years ago for, from my final thesis, which I always loved. I thought, okay, maybe now it's time to do it. And maybe let's, let's see how far I can push it. And now I have, and like I said, I have, and I have so many sketches and designs, uh, flying around. <laughs> yeah. I just always try to basically learn new things and yeah, get faster, but not getting faster in the um how do you say in sacrifice of quality this because everyone can be fast but you need to be patient with the quality you're delivering because in the end people see if something is different if there is if someone put effort in it and just not threw some lines in it, if you the how the surface flow is, how the detail, how the, the lines and everything work together, people see that. And yeah, good good design takes time. You can't really come up with a really nice and perfect model in a day. You can come up with a great idea and somehow good proportions. But then you have to bring those proportions and this this body into a really good really good design and this takes time i mean the automobile industry it sometimes takes two years until it's perfect so yeah this is what i'm i mean i will maybe end mid of march end of march i will i hope i can show a lot of um, those designs i did they will be very different and i try also to do a combination or with um, with blender and fusion 360 now because bringing in those details is it's kind of hard with poly modeling and doing something. So it's actually possible to take your Blender OBJ file, your subdivision one or zero file into Fusion or even Moi. It's cheaper and actually create NURBS, NURBS data. And yeah, with NURBS data, it's super easy to add those really nice and precise chat lines and pre the radii, how you want it, all those nice uh, headlights or uh, details everything you want to have in is actually way way easier and faster in nerves modeling so i try to do to find a new workflow with that yep this is what i'm 
doing currently? Because I um, currently I decided not to work because I haven't got a, a job I feel happy about or whatever. Because, yeah, this was a decision I also made, I have to say. I rather have uh, less money and being happy and I can work on my world, uh, the, the, the ideas I have, than actually to just buy something I actually don't need and have to work for other people and do work I don't like. Or, yeah, I'd rather make a compromise and I actually don't make I'm happy. So, yeah. Maybe also right. good, good to know for some people. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. And um, actually, here's a thing that I've been thinking about. Um, a lot of artists actually do this. I recently realized, um, not just artists, like just people who can like, you know, work freelance or online as a job. Like, for example, especially for people like, for example, with uh, countries like, you know, Germany, England, like basically first world countries, uh, like, you know, with yeah. the, as you said, like, you know, I'd rather have less money, but, you know, be happier, which is actually a great, amazing point, great point. But here's the thing with that a small money you have in, for example, euros or pounds, you can actually live a long, long, more sustainable time, for example, in a country like Turkey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like actually, I, a I, lot of people relocate because of that, which is actually a super smart move, you know? I know. It's, yeah, uh, with the pandemic, it, it's not. But if, if, you have a, if you don't have a partner, it's actually, you could actually, yeah, live even better, actually, if, if you go to a different country. That's what you're saying, no? Right. Yeah, but yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, I'm happy. I don't have a car or whatever. So I just, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm happy and I could do, but with a partner who has a job, then it's, it's just stupid to go away that, and this doesn't, and I also wanted to have more time with her and yeah, and don't do my concert artwork after work. So this is all aside. I can, I do it from the very early morning from I get up at 4.30 every day with her and then yeah, start usually work until five, six, six now, sometimes also longer. Depends on if I want or not. Yeah. And yeah, I just love it to do it. I getting up basically almost every day and do my own stuff with us, getting up with a smile and yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds awesome. But if you don't mind me asking, like, you know, when you work up at 4.30 and uh, when yeah. do you usually get to sleep at night usually? Because I'm just curious, you Between know. Between uh, 9 and 10 usually. I, I, oh, that's good. Uh, you know, I, I try to I try to lay in bed for seven-ish hours in a way. I don't say sleep because I my whole life I have I sleep really bad. So... Since my childhood, I can't change it, but I'm not tired during the days, most of the days. So that seems to be okay for me to work out, actually. I'm also not tired when I get up. There are some days when I'm a bit tired, but that's that's actually okay. I can really, they love the, 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 the silence, basically. I also, when, when I worked in Potsdam, I was always the first or with the first one in the company i love to work when it's silent when it's silent and just it gives me energy i think most introverts or artists are introverts and they seek energy from silence <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah that sounds awesome man and for you but yet yeah. the, the, the day uh, just the day just shifts when you get up early but what i i prefer actually is to have the day ahead of me and see what comes 
and maybe some when when summer I say okay now I, I'm finished I can go out and enjoy the the sun have a nice be- have a beer a cold one but if you get up late and you have to do your work yeah you miss the whole day and I rather have sunshine <laughs> yeah that's actually such a good point now that yeah. you mention it that's 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 a that's good you always see what what's ahead and then okay now it's good can shut off <laughs> yeah yeah and let's take a break from all this like taking cold stuff questions i want to ask you like you know a little bit like you know we get we want to get to know you a bit more you know uh which is the question is what area beside the area you're working on right now would you be interested to explore and learn in the future i mean it could be completely something completely non-art related by the way what i want to learn something <laughs> i love for example uh cycling Andrew cycling, um, I really loved that. But I did also loved um, bouldering actually to go. But due to Corona, I had, uh, had to pause, and it's still kind of shitty to go um, with this. But learning, <laughs> basically, <laughs> it, it's it's hard because I love what what I'm doing is basically what, what I love, and I would love to do. Um, a short movie it it's it has to it is related with art but i, I would lie this is just what i love honestly and yeah and i all, all those things are coming together uh photography i really li- like photography and but what is i would like to do a, a, a for a sa- sailboat a license i thought about doing that because so it's yeah this, I, I like to be outside. That's that's and even hiking. Um, yeah, just like I said, when I'm on my mountain bike in the woods, I really like to be outside and then maybe be on on the ocean or something like this. And yeah, this is what I thought about actually. I even talked to a friend of the of mine. So yeah, this is this is me. <laughs> that sounds awesome, honestly. And well. We've reached the final question or hand section of the podcast, which is called Final Words. And let me explain what it means. So imagine in the limited amount of time, like a window of time that you have, you have this opportunity to say anything, a message from you as a human to another human being. And that another human being is anyone who's listening to to this episode of the podcast and are there at this point in the future. So to anyone who's listening to to this podcast in the future and and are listening to us now, what would you say? Damn it. That's um, to someone in the future, not in the past. <laughs> no, no, I mean, that's not the point necessarily, but, you know, basically to another person, yeah. Huh. I, I hope you live the life that you wanted to live and enjoyed it the fullest. Awesome. Awesome. Just short and simple, but just, I'm going to repeat that again because that was kind of like beautiful. I hope you live the life that you wanted and enjoy it to the most, you said? Yeah, the fullest one, the most, yeah. Enjoy I think this is the, the fullest. If you look, look back, I think this is the, and it's not about the money. It's just spending time with your loved ones, with the people you love, with doing your things you do. And yeah, I mean, life is difficult for everyone. We just have to make the best out of it. I mean, this is, yeah. 
everyone yeah has a different story and yeah it's just try to make the best out of it yep i think and be happy <laughs> all right thank you so much for coming on this podcast and this episode and episode 143rd and where can people contact you if they had a question is your instagram uh, dms okay yeah instagram uh, dms um i sometimes i am a bit slow or i forget but i try to get back or just an email uh also works perfectly but don't be um sorry when i'm not answering and try to be polite and don't just write hey <laughs> don't do that, that because then i won't write back <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no but just email or instagram uh, dm try to yeah it usually works yeah awesome and thank you to anyone who tuned in and listened to this episode i hope you all enjoy this episode as well if there's as usual if there's any comments or suggestions you can always leave them down in the comment section down below whether on Castbox, youtube or instagram and as always you can also you know message to hit me up straight to the you know career podcast page instagram page as well if there was any inquiries you can let me know as well i check them all all the time and with that being said, take care, everyone. I hope you all have a good day. And also don't forget to check okay. the links down in the below of the art station, Amazon and all that. And until next episode, everyone, take care. See you soon. Bye.